Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to start in verse number 12, I believe. We're talking about the power of the tongue. We're talking about the language of faith. I'm so excited about what God's doing. You know, and I got plenty of reasons to be, I could be upset about a lot of things. But you know what? (laughs) I'm not going to bother. I'm just going to keep rejoicing in the Lord. Amen? You know, uh, if you're you're, uh, a faith person will do this just to spite the devil. They will uh, go ahead and laugh in the midst of problems just to make the devil feel bad. And people say, people sometimes go, you can do that, you know? Yeah, you can do that. God doesn't mind. He, he's in heaven actually laughing at the devil at times. Did you know that? That's what the scripture tells us. Isn't that wonderful? He's up there, uh, he's up there going, I wrote the end already, devil. What are you doing? It's already done. Amen? So we're talking about the power of what we say, and I already had a few conversations actually come out a couple of times already in the service about the power of our words. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, you're in Mark 11, you stay there. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. One of the greatest uh, comments on this, uh, commentaries that I found on this was in the uh, biblical illustrator commentator, it says this, of all the powers that man possesses. There is scarcely any more impressive than the power of speech. It is a godlike power. Human speech is no mere evolution from the cry of the animals. Speech became possible on the earth only when on the earth there appeared one into whom the divine spirit had breathed that words have such supernatural power. The origin of speech is divine. The origin of speech is divine. Consider what a word is. From a person who just lives naturally and lives from a material sort of perspective, it is but a slight agitation of the particles of air around us. Nothing feebler, nothing more fleeting can be conceived. Yet the word can make make or mar a human life. That word can fill a home with gladness or despair. It went on to say this, another commentary said, when the tongue is consecrated, when it is guided and controlled by, the, by a heart full of the Holy Ghost, it becomes a mighty power to destroy the works of the devil. To destroy the works of the devil. So let's go to Mark chapter 11, and we're going to read here in verse number 12, starting in verse 12, and I want to read and show you what Jesus said. How many are believing for a little bit of utterance real quick this morning so you can take a shot of the word with you? Now that you got a shot of the Holy Ghost, you can get a shot of the Word. All right? I heard a Pentecostal uh, lady say one time, she said, uh, or I heard about her saying this. She said uh, in, in, in church, somebody was upset because, and complaining to her because she knew this particular person in the church that would run and jump and shout in the church and just rejoice in the Lord, but they were a demon the rest of the week. Acted like a devil, you know what I mean? Just crabby and angry and rejoice in church, but bitter the rest of the week. And, uh, and uh, this person was saying, I just don't think that's necessary, all that running, jumping, and shouting, all that stuff. It's just not necessary. I mean, it's not changing their life at all, you know. It's not doing anything for them. Well, it's not, how many know it's not the per- it's not, you shouldn't judge God based on the person necessarily? Amen. 
And so this, this lady said, well, running's good. She was a sweet old lady. She said, running's good, jumping's good, shouting's good. She said, but when you hit the ground, walk a straight line. So we all love the tangible presence of God. I do as much as anybody. I mean, I will roll in it. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I'm not so, I'm not so sanctified and it's such a professional preacher that I can't just get so saturated in the Spirit of God that I look like an absolute fool to you. People say, well, would that be biblical? I don't know. Ask David. I mean, all, this, all the power of God we've seen here, yet everybody has not danced their clothes off yet. We're not shooting for this. Just stay with me. Better clarify that one. <laughs> okay. But what was the point of that? The point was is that David did not care what the rest of the kingdom thought of him. He cared what God thought of him. <laughs> Amen. So the presence of God is powerful. It's strong. We need that tangible presence. We need to feel his glory. And it's multiplying as, we, as we've said and we've stated. But then also we need the word because the word balances us. You know, uh, Heidi taught this morning in uh, Vessels of Honor in our morning Bible study. And man, you need to go back when it's posted or go back to Facebook later or when it's posted later in the week on YouTube and Vimeo, our website, all that. Go back and listen to it. We need the word. I love the word. I mean, I could eat whole platefuls of the word in one sitting. Just take it in and take it. Why? Because even in the presence of God, when you're laughing, when you feel God over you, when you're crying, when you feel his presence and sense him ministering to you, when you leave this place, that world is waiting for you. That devil is waiting. He's a hunting and a fishing for a Christian that doesn't know the word and doesn't know how to take up their shield, doesn't know how to keep their armor on, doesn't know how to use their sword. But if you hear the word, you can use the word against him. And so we see in Mark chapter 11, verse number 12, we see a testimony written about Jesus and how he operated. How many want to operate like Jesus? Jesus is your Lord. He's your Savior. You want to do what Jesus did. Amen? His Spirit lives within you, which means you are genetically enabled to live just as he lived. Praise the Lord. You know, some of you, some of you go, man, I don't know if I, I wanted to be born into the family that I'm in. But you do look like your dad, and you do look like your mom, and there's not much you can do about it. You know, Bruce and Mary Mudro are sitting over here, and I met their kids at a funeral, and their kids look just like them. I mean, just like them. It's like you put Bruce and Mary together and out pop this kid. It's just shocking. You know, we walk up to kids sometimes and go, you look just like your dad. Well, hopefully they don't look like the milkman. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> I don't know. I might have struck a nerve. You know? Do we even have a milkman anymore? <laughs> All right. So you, we are to look like Jesus. So he says this, verse 12, Mark recorded this. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry, talking of Jesus. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus, what does that say? Said 
to it. Jesus spoke to a tree. Now, what if I brought a tree in here today? I said, we're all going to practice. Well, that church over there, over off of Custer, that church over there, you got to watch out for them. Yeah, they'll speak to trees. <laughs> they'll speak, they're crazy. They're crazy. Oh, I thought we wanted to be just like. Which part of the word of God are we going to cut out and decide God isn't that anymore? It's a good answer. <laughs> now, we understand covenant. I understand teaching. I understand demonstration. But out of this, Jesus is teaching not just his disciples at the time, a principle that operates in the spirit that is for all people that are born again. And actually, he operated in this and did this from the time of creation. And so we see here, in response to no figs, Jesus said to the fig tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples what? He what? They what? So Jesus didn't go up to the tree and go, man, I hope this works. Die. You disciples go over there. He didn't do that, did he? He said it to where they could. He knew that they would write it down. And that you and I in 2022, which I'm very disappointed in 2022 because I'm still not driving a car that hovers. <laughs> and they told me when I was in grade school that I would have it by now. They lied to me. Can't tell you what. <laughs> Government education? Never mind. Okay, so <laughs> in response, Jesus said to it, let no one what? Eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples what? Heard it. Verse number 15, so they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and he had a house cleaning service. I wonder if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught them, he taught saying to them, is, is it not written, my house should be called a house of what? Prayer for all nations. But you have made it a what? Den of thieves. So we don't want to do that. And the scribes and chief priests heard it, and they sought how they might destroy him, for they, re, they feared him. Why? Because they loved their den of thieves. That's why. Because all the people were astonished at his teaching and they were jealous and competitive and they wanted to be the seen one and they wanted to be the known one. We got to kill this guy at that religious spirit. And when evening had come, he went out of the city. Verse 20, now in the what? In the morning. So Jesus spoke to the tree the previous what? Morning. He went about his business. He went on with God. He cleaned out the temple. 
He did a good job cleaning it out. They went, they started to make their way back. They spent the night. Then they come by the tree again. And in the morning, it says they passed by and they saw the fig tree dried up from the what? Roots. And Peter remembering, how many know Peter's good for a person to speak up and say something? Said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has what? Withered away. Withered away. Okay? Look at verse uh, number 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, what? Have faith in God. That's the lesson that we're to grab from the cursing of a fig tree? That's it. Now, I love this because what does that fig tree say? That, the, the illustration of the fig tree says that you can actually speak to things in your life that are rooted in you. <laughs> I love it. I just love it. Now, now, if you read after, and I read after some, a lot of commentaries, different ones. If you read after religious commentaries, they're going to tell you that this is all has to do with uh, Israel and Israel, the Jews at that time reject, rejecting the Messiah, God's uprooting them, that the mountain that he spoke to was a, a particular mountain that the Jews had and that it was going to be removed and come back. But I'm going to prove to you that that's not only the case. I do believe that. But that's not only what Jesus was saying here. He was actually showing us the principle of faith that we're to apply to our lives. We just need to make sure that we what? Speak from his word and the spirit of God within our heart. Amen? So watch this. He says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. So we can easily say this. We can mark it in our notes. We can make it clear in our lives. This is a faith lesson. This is a faith lesson. How many have read other, another place in the Bible where it says it's impossible to please God without faith? So faith might be important. We can't let it go. Verse number 23, he said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this, well, we went from fig trees to mountains. Seems like a bit of a gradual, not, not a very gradual uh, growth in what you're going after. I mean, a fig tree. Can't we go from a fig tree to an oak tree? Jesus said, whoever says to this what? Mountain, be removed and be what? Cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he... The power of life and death is in the... Now let's break down verse number 23. He says, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... So you're going to have to say something. And you're going to have to tell it what to do. You're going to have to tell the obstacle in your life what to do. You're going to have to speak to it. Now watch. And you're telling it where to go. You're saying, be lifted up, be cast into the sea. And it says this, and does not what? Doubt in his heart. Where does, how does faith come? And hearing by the... If you get full of this, you'll drive the doubt out. You drive the doubt out. I just don't know if that's true. Well, then you're not willing yet enough, and you need to make some repentance adjustments, change your thinking, and get full of this. Well, people say, well, I tried it. I, I, have, I have a lot of patience because I have God's patience. <laughs> but what do you mean you tried it? 
if you're implying that you did what you were supposed to and God didn't do what he was, then I have an issue. In the equation of our relationship with God, who is the one that has to be transformed and changed? Yeah, me and you, yeah. Is God wrong? If you speak from a place of faith, will a mountain get up and get out of your way and go into the sea? He's right. So here's what I do, just to help you out. I am vehement in my own life not to blame God for my lack of whatever. You know what I mean by that? I don't go to God. I go to God with questions, just not accusatory ones. Right? Just not accusatory ones. Because we are all growing. Have you noticed? We're developing. There are those that are further along than others. But I don't take what God said and then begin to try and justify my unbelief and try to kind of cast a shadow on God like he didn't do what he was supposed to, but I was perfect in what I did. Now, no, I don't believe anybody in this room does this maliciously. I believe we've been duped into it by an enemy. How many realize we have an enemy? But what did Jesus say? He demonstrated speaking to a tree. Now watch. You notice there was some time that elapsed between the time that he spoke to the time that the tree was uprooted, dried up. What does that mean? That means sometimes when you're speaking things in faith, there's going to be a little bit of time, but don't discount the activity of the Lord because what the disciples didn't see that they saw the next morning is that those words of faith actually went down into the root system of the fig tree and began to eat it up. So you may still see a tree growing or a plant or some uh, thing that is a, 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 something of the enemy rooted in your systems and you've spoken to it. It's in your life. You've spoken to it and it hasn't been removed yet. But just go ahead and go, Lord, I just thank you right now that your word is working in the root system of this thing and that it's dissolving it from the unseen and pretty soon, just pretty soon, just real short, just real short now, just pretty soon, Lord, I'm just going to rejoice in advance because I'm excited about the fact that that fig tree right there will no longer be in my yard. So it's the same in removing mountains, right? We speak from a, boy, I felt a breakthrough in faith right there, in understanding. Faith is this way. It is working in what you don't see to affect what you do see. And some people are going, well, what, what am I supposed to say to my circumstance? What promise speaks to it? Well, I, I, you prayed for people with fear, preacher. What do I need? 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a... Psalms chapter 34 says this, I sought the Lord, and he heard my cry, and he delivered me from all my fears. Well, I, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, I, I know, I know. You still see the fig tree, but don't worry. The word's working in the roots. It's working in the unseen. 
It's working in the unseen. Say it with me. Say the word is working in the unseen. Verse number 24 says, therefore. So we don't doubt. I'm going to go back to verse 23. So we don't doubt in our heart, but we believe those things that we, what, say will be done. You're not the will be done part. God is. You're the rest part. You say, what do you mean rest? You just stay in faith. It doesn't feel like it's working. I know, laugh at it. Laugh at it. Now, we got to go back to the word again. The scripture says that the Lord, and it says it in multiple places, he actually sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies. So all you're doing is, you're not, you're not, let me, let me help you with something, because in the world, this is what the world teaches you. The world teaches you, and religion teaches you, that you need to count serious what the devil does. But the scripture actually teaches you that God actually mocks what the devil does. And people of faith, as you understand faith, as you understand who your God is, you're not mocking individuals. You're actually dealing on the other side of the natural. You're dealing in the spirit. Watch this. You're dealing in the root system. You're dealing with the enemy that you cannot see. See, you think your problem is the person that doesn't like you. It's not. It's the, it's, the, it's the enemy working through that person. I'll put it to you like this. I heard Jesse Duplantis say it years ago. He said this, principalities work through personalities. And that's true. Well, I just need to get away from this person. I just need to get him out of my life. Well, you may need to put a little distance between you. But in all reality, you need to deal with the spirit behind. Amen. And you can speak to, the, to that spirit in the name of Jesus. And then it goes on to say, Jesus said this, he will have whatever he says. Will you have whatever you say? Proverbs 18, we just read it a little bit ago. What? You, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Therefore I say to you, verse 25, verse 24, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I love this. You can say it or pray it. Either one. People say, I don't really like to talk a lot. Okay, then just pray about it and receive. Other people go, I like to speak. I'm a speaker. I like to speak. I like to say it. How many of you have, you have the enemy bombard you? Do you want to know how to irritate him? Speak back. Now, I'm not talking about your wife or your husband. I'm talking about the enemy. The enemy is not flesh and blood. Well, it sure feels like it. Well, they just are yielding to something they shouldn't. Just ignore it and deal with the spirit. Amen? If you get into flesh fighting, you'll actually give opportunity to the devil to stay where he's at. I'm going to say that again. Because a few people heard it. If you give way to the flesh and begin to fighting in the flesh, when you know you're supposed to fight in the spirit, you'll actually give place to the devil to stay in the area where you are. You're actually helping him stay. You have to fight the way the Lord asks us to fight. Amen? So deal with the Spirit. So you can pray it or say, and you, you believe and you can receive. You know, people say, you're a word of faith, or you're a blab it and grab it, a name it and frame it, a believe it and receive it, a confess it and possess it. You say, where do you hear all that stuff? I've had people come up and tell me this stuff for years. 
I, I think to myself, you ought to just read your Bible. Well, you're a blabbit and rabbit. Well, I don't think it's as loose as that. But I, but I do believe what Jesus is saying here. Okay? And so we have to be aware of that and not discount what God said for the sake that we might be looked at as weird by the rest of the religious world. I love what Andrew Womack says. It's so true. A lot of Christians don't let what the Bible says get in the way of what they believe. Okay. I'll be nicer now. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Watch this, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, that's not saying God's in heaven going, I ain't forgiven, Mike, I can't, that little stinker, I'm going to, that's not what he's saying. When I, if I don't forgive Mike, I cut off the Father's forgiveness to me. It's not God in heaven in a bad attitude. That's not, don't get that, you know, sometimes we read that and we go, wow, that seems a little petty, God, don't you think? I mean, first of all, how did you get saved? Did you have everybody forgiven in your life so the Lord could forgive you? See, it's not him. It's us. We're the ones that have to adjust. And so when you stand praying, forgive. Why? Because that forgiveness leaves the door open to the Father's forgiveness that's already there just to freely flow right over the top. You see, the blood of Jesus just keeps cleansing you and keeping you cleansed. Well, I'm mad at this person. They did this to me and they did that to me. And you need to forgive them because if you don't, your faith will not work. Well, you don't know what they did. I guarantee you it is not worse than what we did to Jesus. Well, it's not fair. Do you think God can work on your behalf if your heart's right before him? And even if it isn't fair, do you think he can straighten things out in a quick hurry? Well, you shouldn't talk about this in, con in conjunction with faith. Your faith and my faith will not work if we don't forgive. Well, you don't know what they're like. I don't need to. I know what he said. And I guarantee you I've experienced someone like that. At least at some level. Everybody has. We need to be careful that we don't let the devil build an altar, an uh, 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 idol, out of our offenses or out of hurts. And this, you know, if you ever talked to anybody, you, you can tell. They have a bunch of unforgiveness in them because they've been hurt and they've been genuinely hurt. Everybody has been, raise your hand if you've been hurt in this place. Okay, the rest of you, you can repent later. So... Because you're lying. <laughs> At some point, I don't care if it was when you were three and Susie next door took your dolly from you and said it was hers. It hurt. You, you had something happen to you. I've had something happen to me. And you, you say, how do you know who the unforgiving people are? Because it just comes out of them like water. And then they did this to me and they did that. And look at, look at what they did to me. And they show you every detail. And they know every detail of the offense and the hurt. And it's an idol. They carry it around in a bag. And when you meet them, you meet this person. They're full of hurt. They're looking for somebody to help them. Because all these people did all these things wrong to me. And look. And then they find people that are uh, uh, what, what they call merciful. What they call sympathetic. You know, all that good stuff. And they find them and they, they get in together in groups and they talk about their hurts. 
And they never talk about forgiveness. They just talk about their hurts. And they wonder why the person that hurt them is prospering and they're not. Yowza. That actually hurt my own toes. Right? Forgiveness. Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. What that means is you can't receive the forgiveness of the Father in heaven. Because you know better at this point. You know better. So say it with me. Say, I forgive. forgive. It was horrible. It hurt so bad. Lord, I know this hurt bad. This is what you need to do. You go to the Lord. You say, this did hurt bad. Lord, where, where did I miss it? Now, if you go to the Lord with a laundry list of what he should do to the other person, you're going to hear a lot of silence. You're going to hear a lot of silence. Amen? But if you go to the Lord and go, Lord, show me what's going on here. What do I need to know here? What needs to change here, Lord? What needs to be different in my life? What needs to be, what do I need to change? Show me how I'm supposed to live my life in accordance with you so that I can have your things operating in my life. Because I don't like the way it's going right now, but I need it to change. But I need you to show me how I'm supposed to change and what I'm supposed to do. Lord, they did hurt me. And the Lord will tell you, okay, that wasn't right or this wasn't right. He's done it with me before. But then he goes right back to, Sean, what did I tell you to do? I said, Lord, you told me to forgive the way you forgive. And he said, that's exactly right. That's exactly what you're going to do. So then I go ahead and forgive the way he forgives. I do good to those who curse me. I, I pray for those who despitefully use me. How many of you have ever been used before? Amen? Okay, how much praying have you done for the person who used you? And that's why you still have an unhealthy spot there in your life if you haven't done it. Amen. Amen. Come on, glory to God. I don't know about you, but I want to live free. I just want to live in joy. I'm not saying I don't hang out with the people that refuse to repent and just continually abuse. I'm not saying you have to become someone's doormat. But you have got to walk in forgiveness. You say, why do I have to walk in forgiveness? Because if you want your faith to work, so say it with me. When I speak from a heart of faith, mountains move and fig trees Rooted things dry up from the roots. Now, some of you are looking at me, and I can hear the Spirit of God, and, I, and I, he's saying this to me. He, said, he told me this. He said, Sean, some of them are going, I don't know if I believe that. And he, said, he told me to tell you this. He said, if you'll do it, he'll do what you say based on his mercy, not your faith, just to prove to you that it's so. But listen to me. You better believe after that. You say, would God do that? Oh, yeah. He's that good. He'll just look down into our little situation, our little doubt and unbelief, and go, oh, we need to help him. I mean, he's looking down to us anyway going, we need to help him. <laughs> Me too. You know what I mean? I need that help. But in all reality, guys, this is what his word says. Now, if you've been here with us through the series, and I'm going to go into James next, and you're going to see it. But... If you've been with us through the series, how many scriptures in Proverbs talk about the power of your tongue? We looked at scriptures that say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
Whatever's in you in abundance will come out. That's why when you have friends that you think you have or that your group that you have, listen to what's said. You say, what? Yeah, when you get together with your group, what do you talk about? What comes out of you? You ever snuck up behind yourself and listen to what you're saying? What comes out? Because whatever's coming out has been stored in. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.